educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome aboard to the, uh, it, it may seem like Monday. <laughs> but it's not. Uh, welcome aboard to the Tuesday edition of the show. We're so glad that you chose to uh, take us along for your ride, no matter what you're doing. Picking up the kiddos, stopping at the grocery store, uh, whatever you're doing. Thanks for taking us along, because uh, it is 510 on Tuesday, September 5. Educate, inform, entertain. That's what we hope to do uh, every darn day that we're here. Uh, we don't do a lot of shouting. Um, don't do a lot of grandstanding. We like to build up instead of tear down and truth over tribalism, principles over partisanship. So, yeah, we're glad that, uh, glad that you took us along for the ride home and, uh, hope you had a wonderful weekend, a holiday weekend. Hope you got to relax a little bit. Maybe do a, do a barbecue, see some friends and family. We, uh, uh, uh Kevin Shin and, and his gang, we went to, uh, Kansas City for the Irish Fest. It's one of the, one of the largest Irish, uh, fest celebrations in America, I think. There are, I think they get like 20, 30,000 people down on the plaza and, and, um, so anyway, that's what I did and on Sunday uh, and yesterday. came back yesterday, so that was fun. Uh, you can always follow along with uh, some of the antics that we, uh, we're up to uh, after hours on the Twitter page uh, and the Facebook page. I posted a, a, a photo on the Twitter uh, account on the Dan Parsons Show of Uncle Dan and the Shins. That's what the nickname has become because uh, the Shin family has kind of adopted me and... Uh, and uh so anyway uh we had fun in kansas city and some great music as you might imagine and so yeah we had fun well uh before we get too far along the show say hello to mr johnny cadillac producer extraordinaire johnny we've missed you yeah it was good to be back and i was just thinking to myself dan at the start of every show you uh you talk about all the possible things that the listeners could be doing at this very moment while listening to the show and you know, as producer, you know what I'm doing at this very moment? Uh, other than producing the show? Correct. <laughs> I'm having a damn good time. <laughs> go. Oh, I, I didn't even, you set me up, and I didn't even, uh, yeah, well, that's, we've missed that, Johnny. We didn't, I don't think we got it in on Friday. But, yeah, well, so, I wasn't here on Friday, that's why. so. <laughs> yeah, that's why we didn't get it in. But, so. uh, yep, it's good to be back, and yeah, still having a damn good time. Yes, we are, indeed. Well, uh, let me start uh, the show uh, by wishing our friends at Flatwater Free Press a very happy second birthday, and I can do that uh, with, uh, our friend Matthew Hansen, who's on the line. Uh, of course, Matthew's our regular guest on Mondays. So glad that Matthew could join us on a Tuesday that seems like a Monday. And and uh, editor of Flatwater Free Press, Matthew, uh, welcome aboard and happy birthday. Thanks, Dan. It feels, you know, uh, some, some days it feels like it's been two weeks and some days it feels like it's been 200 years. <laughs> and in fact, we have been around for two and it's, uh, it's going great. So, so thanks for your uh, well wishes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, two years. Cause we had you on, uh, uh, my other, my other podcast, <laughs> Pints and Politics, uh, a couple years ago. And, uh, you and Matt win. And, uh, gosh, it's been two years, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, we were an idea, I think, at the point that we probably came in your podcast. You know, when we went and originally talked to people, you know, it's just this idea to start a nonprofit newsroom in Nebraska and kind of what our mission was going to be. And it's very cool to, to see that, you know, 
become reality over time. Right. Won't you? Let's talk a little bit about that progression, uh, Matthew. I mean, it has been two years now, and uh, boy, from every indication that I can see, you've accomplished uh, uh, what you set out to do. Uh, Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom, and man, you've you've recruited some uh, great journalists from across the country, invited people back home, and invited people into this state that maybe. Uh, uh, weren't from here and uh, and digging into stories that are important, holding people accountable. And uh, yeah, what's your assessment after two years of how things are going? Uh, I mean, it's been a, a wild and, and really um, just gratifying ride for me personally. And I think for Flatwater as a whole, I mean, we started with two employees, <laughs> Matt and I, Matt, um, you know, we're now at uh, nine newsroom employees wow. counting um, uh, two of two fellows. And like you said, yeah, uh, reporters from all over the country who came here, um, for a common purpose, which is uh, basically to, to do the one half of our mission, which is do this in-depth investigative work. I mean, that's part of the, re- that's the reason that most of these reporters moved here. It's a chance to do, um, you know, one important story a month or a couple stories a month and really dig deeper than they've had. Uh, chances they've had at, at other media outlets. So that's half our mission. The other half is the stories that bind the state together, um, feature stories, telling stories to uh, Ogallala from Omaha and Omaha to, to Ogallala. And, and that's been super um, successful, too. So, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I'm biased, but uh, I think it's, it, it, it's going better than I could have imagined yeah. when, we, uh, when we did start publishing two years ago. Yeah. Well, and you have. I mean, man, you've taken on uh, the role of uh, investigative journalism in the state like, you know, I that few have done and uh, and being able to report, like you said, from border to border on on stories. And you've got a great presence here in Lincoln. You've got a great presence in Omaha and you've got reporters uh, covering uh, uh, stories across the state. And uh, you were up in Valentine just uh, what a week or two ago as well. Right. Yeah, doing a listening tour. We do those all over Nebraska. You know, just go to a place. I mean, what a simple but but really effective idea, right? Go to a place and ask the people at that place, what are some stories that you think need to be told about your town, about your community? And we did it in Valentine recently. We've done it 10 or 12 times all around the state at this point. And it's always great. I mean, it's great to just go to different spots in Nebraska hang out, but it's also, we come back with great story ideas. Just that act of listening, of turning, you know, uh, uh, journalism is often too much about talking, I think, in my view, including uh, uh, me doing too much talking, but uh, just shutting off that uh, mechanism and, and using your ears instead. Well, it's, it's been a really successful strategy for us. It's so true. With Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, and uh, yeah, I think that's true. Every time I uh, have a client or a political client or anyone that's uh, outside of the metro area, it's like, oh, geez, I got to go to what you call it, you know, wherever. And it's always a, you know, because we live in a big state. It's a big state to cover. And uh, but every time that I maybe have those hesitations that I have to travel for work, but once I get out there, it's absolutely true. I've lived in this state my entire life. I have friends across this state. And uh, once you're out there and you're with people, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's what makes Nebraska great. 
So, well, Matthew, if you can hang on through this quick break, we'll come back, and I want to ask you a couple questions about Flat Fest coming up, of course, and and then a little bit about this series that you've started uh, about Governor Pillen and his business interests. So, uh, if you can hang on, everyone, we'll be right back after this quick word on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday that seems like a Monday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Thanks for tuning us in. And like on every Monday, uh, we visit with our friends at Flatwater Free Press, uh, Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom, and visiting with Matthew Hansen, the editor of the Flatwater Free Press. And remember, if you want to, if you're not signed up uh, for their free newsletter, uh, just go to flatwaterfreepress.org and get registered and you can read all their news online uh, for free. There's no paywall because uh, that's the model. They give their news away as a nonprofit and uh, even give their news away to other news outlets here in Nebraska. And uh, so it's a model that we hope uh, works and uh uh, we have better access to information in our state to hold people accountable and hold uh, uh, and inform the public. So anyway, Matthew, thanks for uh, hanging on and joining us back on the show. And uh, but you guys have a in, in addition to your two year birthday celebration, you've got a uh, 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 an event coming up here in a, just what another a week from this week. Is that right? Yeah, a week from Thursday. So nine days away. It, I mean, it, it is our second birthday party. It's our uh, inaugural Flatwater Free Press Festival, codenamed Flatfest, being held at a a remodeled barn in Bennington. And, uh, yeah, nine days from from today, and we actually do have a couple tickets left. We we are selling 350 tickets to this event, and we have, at last count, 20 left. Nice. We are precariously close to a a sellout. So if any of your... um, Listeners want to go and buy one of those last twenty tickets. They are it's right at the top of our website. Um, uh, you can you can find the link to uh, to buy those tickets, and all the money, all the proceeds go to support nonprofit journalism. That's great. Yeah, I'm certainly planning on being there. I'm going to have to uh, uh, skip out a little early from the radio show, but uh, I think I think Todd Ogden from the Downtown Lincoln Association is on uh, that uh, that day, and so I'm going to have to talk to Todd about covering for me a little bit. But yeah, I'm so excited because you've got uh, some national folks, uh, some national journalists uh, that are going to join you on a panel, and uh, who have con- uh, connections uh, here in the state. So. Uh, yeah, that'll be fantastic. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's really going to be a great conversation, I think, about the present and future of Nebraska journalism and just journalism in general. And it will definitely, um, the the audience gets to be more than the audience in that conversation. Uh, you guys are going to be part of the conversation. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and I did, Matthew, want to chat about this, uh, this story that you've got up, uh, on the front page of the uh, website, flatwaterfreepress.org and, uh, uh, pigs in power, uh, Pillins rise. Uh, it's a story about, uh, our governor, uh, Jim Pillen, who obviously is, I think, as most people know, has built a, uh, sizable business here in the state around agriculture, specifically, uh, hog production. And, um, and so you guys, uh, collaborated with another investigative, uh, journalist as well as your own to, uh, do this story. And, uh, and as, um, as, uh, Matt, 
uh, Matt Wynn, uh, mentioned in, in kicking this uh, series off uh, back in uh, uh, late August. Uh, he wrote uh, uh, why we're launching Pigs in Power, a series focused on Nebraska's governor. And uh, and as Matt writes, uh, uh, you know, some governors, um, uh, well, it was pointed out to Matt shortly after Governor Pillen took office that, uh, and, and again, I think most people understand that the governor is involved in agriculture, but I think it took a lot of people maybe by surprise of uh, that he runs one of the largest uh, pork operations uh, in America and is very may very well be uh, the biggest uh, big ag governor in in American history. And so, uh, anyway, let's let's dive into that a little bit. We um, you know obviously people can go on and and read it uh, themselves, but. Uh, uh, maybe maybe start Matthew with uh, with the authors and in, in this collaboration uh, work that you did with uh, Sky Chattel and uh, uh, and your reporter. Yeah, uh, Sky and Yinchi are working on this. Yinchi Shu, uh, Flatwater Free Press, a reporter, are working on this series together, and it and it, it, it starts from very simple um, kind of observation or question, um, which is. Uh, you know, who who is Jim Pellin? I mean, and that's not meant to be sarcastic or snarky anyway. It's just that it struck us um, soon after he was elected that, that um, you know, the governor of the state of Nebraska wasn't actually that well-known to the to Nebraskans. Right. Um, in part because he hadn't been in politics for a long time before. And, and in part because he seems to be a pretty... Um, uh, private guy, which mm-hmm. is which is a, a, a not a trait that you see in a, in a lot of um, uh, uh, elected politicians. Um, so you know, we kind of started from there, and yeah, it's it, it's an incredible story. I mean, on one hand, it is an incredible business success story. Yes, this guy is truly self-made. I mean, he started from a as a small hog hog farmer, really small family uh, farmer. And grew. He's the number one pork producer, the number one hog operation in Nebraska, and one of the 15 largest um, in the United States. He figured out how to vertically integrate that company. Um, so now he has a uh, a hand in everything from genetics. We'll call it genetics mm-hmm. uh, on the radio um, to uh, the bacon uh, at the at the store. You know, he makes uh, a cut off of every step in that uh process and then it also raises the question and then he becomes governor yeah so so and obviously you know amongst the the questions in the story or, or sort of what we're dealing with in the story is what happens when a governor oversees the state agencies uh that oversee his um uh business uh empire uh, which is essentially what we have yeah. in, in nebraska yeah, the the story notes that one of those integrated uh, companies, uh, DNA Genetics, uh, which has facilities in Nebraska, Indiana, South Dakota, Iowa, and Wisconsin, uh, the company now claims uh, influence over two out of every five strips of bacon in the United States and Canada. So just to give you an idea of the reach of this company, uh, the multiple companies that uh, – uh, that Governor Pillen is involved in and owns uh, here in Nebraska and elsewhere. It's uh, yeah, it's it's dramatic. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, folks can go on and read that, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's a it's really an in depth investigative story, and uh, 
I encourage folks to do that. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's, uh, and I assume that, uh, uh, there's maybe more to come in, in that series. Uh, uh, we'll look yeah, forward there to There sure is. There sure is. There's, there's another, uh, story coming in that series. We're putting the finishing touches on it right now. I'm going to go back to it as, as soon as I'm off the show, and it'll be published on on uh, Thursday. Okay, you, you can look for part two on Thursday. Very good. Well, let's plan on talking about that next Monday, Matthew. And thanks as always for your time, and uh, thanks for your good work, and happy birthday. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week in person. How about that? That sounds great. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> thanks, Matthew. All right, Matthew Hansen, Flatwater Free Press. Here we go to the news. We'll be back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition uh, on the Dan Parsons Show. We're glad you could take us along for the ride home, whatever you're doing. I hope, this, uh, hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Man, it doesn't seem like summer should be finished by now, but uh, uh, here we are. Uh, we're into sports. We're into fall. Uh, we're into volleyball. We're into football. And I want to talk about football here in a second, but uh, I just thought I'd, uh, before I get to that, just remind you that anytime you like, if you miss, uh, if you missed our conversation with uh, Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, or if you missed, uh, uh, any, any of the shows, anytime, you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform anytime you like. Uh, the Google, the Spotify, the Apple. Uh, no Stitcher, though, Johnny. Stitcher's okay. gone. It's officially gone. If you're a big Stitcher fan, I don't know what anybody's doing, though. Yeah, I don't know. But I will say it is just as much of a Dan good time on the podcast version as it is on the live radio version. <laughs> it absolutely is. Got to make up for lost time since I was gone on Friday. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, this, uh, so all of those platforms... Uh, Whenever you listen to your podcast, you can take us along for your your jogs, your walking the dogs, whatever you're doing. Uh, or you can always just go to KLAN.com, scroll down on the Dan Parsons page, find your favorite uh, uh, episode, and, and tune us in. And, as I said earlier, we'd love to have uh, continue this conversation after hours, if you will, on the Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, I didn't get through all the Twitter uh, uh, that I posted. There was... Uh, so I'll just... Uh, I'll entice you. First of all, if you haven't seen the picture of uh, of Uncle Dan and the Shins from the uh, Kansas City uh, Irish Fest, I encourage you to go on to the Dan Parsons uh, uh, Twitter page, or X, excuse me, Johnny, it's X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, and there we all are uh, in, uh, in our glory of... Uh, uh, 
<laughs> mostly Guinness outfits, as it turns out, in the backdrop of a Jameson. Uh, anyway, we had a good time down in Kansas City for the Irish Fest, so that's up there. Uh, uh, and I thought this was an interesting, interesting uh, post that I reposted uh, earlier this afternoon uh, from the city of Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln's very first food truck zone is officially open, and I stopped down there last week uh, and checked it out. The zone is located at 7th and K Streets, which is under the Rosa Parks Way. Uh, so there's a bridge, uh, if you're familiar with Rosa Park Way, uh, that goes uh, uh, out. Uh, I don't know what direction. I'm, I'm directionally challenged. Whatever direction that goes, uh, and, and it's underneath that bridge. Uh, it's part of a planned, uh, it is part of a plan announced in 2019 to transition the South Haymarket area uh, from really a heavy industrial area to more of a residential and mixed use. Uh, that's where the new uh, park is going to be. There's a dog park and, and a major park uh, is is planned by the city in that area. And uh, I, I go by there all the time because it connects with the... Uh, uh, with some bike trails. And so anyway, that's where the permanent uh, uh, food truck zone is going to be and is. And so uh, stay tuned for more announcements on that area of town. Uh, we mentioned the Flatwater Free Press story. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, the Twitter page we or the X page. We do encourage you to get on there and uh, join in the conversation after hours. Well, it is uh, probably one of the most anticipated, it turns out, one of the in- most anticipated uh, matchups in the early uh, stages of college football in 2023, the Nebraska-Colorado game uh, that's coming Saturday. So uh, we hope to, uh, we're working on getting a guest for Friday for the fr- Friday Afternoon Club to uh to kind of preview that uh, uh, that game, but it just occurred to me in thinking about it. Well, let me go back and uh, uh, and, and there's a story that uh, caught my attention just uh, earlier this afternoon on Journal Star, uh, and the headline: uh, Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald uh, writes, "This uh, this is personal." Deion Sanders embraces Nebraska-Colorado football rivalry. Of course he does. Deion, and here's the, here's the lead. Deion Sanders uh, adjusted his giant sunglasses, rattling off the many school records set by Colorado's offense in a 45-42 to season-opening win over TCU on Saturday. Uh, Deion's son, uh, the, the, the Colorado quarterback, broke nine uh, records uh, on his own. Uh, and Dion, Dion jokes, uh, Cordell Stewart called me, <laughs> and he's not happy about it. Uh, Colorado alums have to be thrilled about the start of the Sanders era. Uh, the first home game this weekend on Fox will be a celebration of what Sanders has already done and what he intends to do after an upset win uh, that still has the nation buzzing. Uh, but Nebraska signed to play this game more than a decade ago, who knew, uh, is more than a bystander in Saturday's story. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the, uh, uh, the story goes on. I've learned the severity, uh, uh, the serious nature of this rivalry, Sanders said Tuesday, and I'm embracing it 100%. This is personal. That's the message of this week. 
this is personal. Now, I find that interesting that, you know, Mr. Coach Sanders uh, uh, doesn't necessarily have a, a long uh, experience or reputation in Colorado, but it's it's personal. Uh, but his his son, the quarterback, he, he had to take off a red shirt in the facility. <laughs> uh, that's an old school approach echoing uh, Colorado's desire 40 years ago to designate Nebraska as its enemy to emulate and overcome. In uh, his uh, Dion's son, the, uh, the quarterback said, we just know the history of it. Colorado, we don't like Nebraska. Simple. That's just what it is. We're just gonna, we've just got to focus on that, okay? We don't like Nebraska. But that's not really going to change the preparation. We're preparing like nobody uh, likes us. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, so let's remember 40 years ago uh, how the rivalry started, or at least was amped up. If, uh, if you're old enough to remember 40 years ago, um, let me remind you of, um, yeah, it's actually 41 years ago in October of 1982. Um, uh, here's the headline buffs give Huskers a fight before falling uh, new Colorado coach Bill McCartney does that ring a ring a bell to anyone out there uh, began pointing his team toward its big eight opener against Nebraska almost from the moment he was hired critics scoffed and appeared well justified when the high-powered Huskers rolled to a 20 to nothing halftime lead over the underdog buffs Again, this was October 9th, 1982. Uh, However, fired-up Colorado scored two third-quarter touchdowns to out Nebraska's lead, uh, to cut, excuse me, Nebraska's lead to a scary 20-14. to And if that wasn't enough, the Huskers nearly fumbled away the ensuing kickoff inside their own nine. Sound familiar, folks? Um... And you righted itself, though, drove 91 yards in 16 plays to go back up 26 to 14. That wasn't much. Midway in the final quarter, 26 to 14, midway through the final quarter. Uh, and then took advantage of two interceptions by linebacker uh, Steve Damkroger, uh, the only ones of his career to put together two short drives and ice the game. Uh, I told our players at halftime that it wasn't over, said a relieved coach, uh, Nebraska coach Tom Osborne. This is the best Colorado team we've faced in years. The final score, uh, 41 years ago, October 9th, 1982, at Folsom Field, Nebraska 40, Colorado 14. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, Coach McCartney, when he came, he started on the same line as Dion Sanders is. And so Dion is just kind of taking that line uh, and taking that approach from 41 years ago uh, that, you know, they're going to be our rival and we're going to kick Nebraska's butt. You're not wearing red in this, uh, in this locker room. And, uh, and so here we are. Uh, history is uh, maybe repeating itself again. And, and certainly, you know, Colorado was, uh, on the on the upswing then, and uh, and Nebraska was in our glory days. 
And uh, so here we are, 41 years later. That's going to be a heck of a game Saturday. So anyway, if you got any thoughts on that, we'd love to hear from you, 402-479-1400. Have you been to Colorado? Have you been to Folsom Field? Uh, we come back after the break. I'll tell you my story of the first time I went to, to Folsom Field. And uh, about that same time, actually. <laughs> and uh, wait a minute, was that? No, I was. Was I at that game? <laughs> Johnny's laughing at me. Like I can <clears throat> safely say, I wouldn't be able to tell you if you. No, were or not. <laughs> you you probably wouldn't, Johnny. Um, well, we come back. We'll talk more. But yeah, if if you've been to Folsom Field, if you've been to a Boulder game, uh, give us a call four zero two four four seven nine fourteen hundred. We'd like to hear from you on the rivalry that is again on everybody's mind. Well, let's take this quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more Colorado Nebraska football here on fourteen hundred ninety nine three K L I N. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition. We're glad that you took us along for your ride home, whatever you're doing on this lovely late summer, early fall afternoon on uh, on a Tuesday after Labor Day. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're talking about the, the Colorado Buffaloes and Nebraska Cornhuskers football rivalry. Uh, if you have a story about going to Boulder uh, for a football game, I'd be interested in hearing that. Four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. So uh, I told Johnny in the break I'll have to uh, uh, sanitize this story a little bit. But uh, so I was a freshman at the University of Nebraska in nineteen eighty. Yep, kids, that's how old I am, and. Uh, so it would have been two years before this story that I just read about. And uh, so I was a freshman. Uh, I was in a fraternity at the university. And so it was the tra- <clears throat> tradition then for the freshman class to take a sneak. Uh, we'd take off, and supposedly the upperclassmen didn't know where we were going. And, I don't know, it was all part of the mystique of being in the Greek system. And um and so, you know, I'd, I'd never been to, uh, to Boulder. I've been to Boulder, but I'd never been to a football game. And, and, uh, you know, as a freshman at the university, I thought, you know, like a lot of people back then in the eighties and nineties, that's why a lot of us went to the university. I mean, we, <clears throat> we were big, uh, football fans and, uh, you know, the football program had a mystique about it as, as a, as a high school student. I mean, if you're considering where to go, go to college, it's like, yeah, <laughs> let's go to the university. University of Nebraska, uh, so we go to those football games, and and uh, so anyway, we went. Uh, we we uh, carpooled out there, and I think in a couple vans, and and uh, let me just tell you, and, and again, anyone that's been to Boulder, uh, I don't care if it's then. I haven't been. Uh, I've been to a couple games since then, I guess, but I haven't been regularly. Uh, let's just put it this way: uh, you are not treated very well as an opponent. Uh, in Boulder Field, uh, at Folsom Field in Boulder. Uh, I mean, it just gets nasty, and the alcohol uh, runs pretty free. Again, I haven't been back there recently. Maybe they, I, hopefully they've cracked down on some of that uh, uh, abuse of of alcohol in the stadium. Uh, and again, that's that's not a laughing matter. I, I you know, I want to be sensitive to people at. Um, you know that don't consume alcohol that uh, for for a reason or uh, anyway I want I, I don't want to make light of alcohol consumption uh, because it, it is a serious problem in our culture and has been for generations and so I don't want to make light of that but 
um, as a freshman at the University of Nebraska, getting to go to uh, Folsom Field in Boulder uh, and seeing uh, the spectacle of a football game uh, and and see how you were traded, uh, and and but I think we won that game too, <laughs> and then come back a couple years later, and uh, uh, McCartney is whipping up this rivalry, and uh, we took care of business. So anyway, so it'll be an interesting game on Saturday because Deion Sanders has got the nation's eyes uh, uh, on us and uh, on Husker football. Well, Chris Lofgren, uh, might you have a story of uh, of Boulder? Uh, you know, I probably do. Because <laughs> you were on the Yell squad. Yeah. 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 70, the two times I was out there as a member of the squad, that'd be, I think, 76 and 78. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, you're right. They don't treat their oh visitors very well. Yeah. Or at least that's been the history. And only just a few years ago, there was a situation where they kicked an entire section oh, really? out of the stadium during the game. So they have cracked down on some of that. Yeah, they activities. they've cracked down on it, but the fans do not control themselves. They yeah. have to be escorted out yep. in some cases. But a situation that we had, and if people are familiar with Folsom Field, it's a horseshoe state yeah. sh- stadium. Gorgeous. Just yeah. a gorgeous Great setting, setting with yep. the Rocky Mountains right yep. there and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the visiting fans would sit on the northwest side of the stadium mm-hmm. and also right in the middle of the horseshoe. There was the visiting section in the horseshoe as well. Uh-huh. And then on the north side, that's primarily bleachers along the north side, or at least it has been. Mm-hmm. And we concentrated mostly on that north section with the largest contingency of fans and that kind of stuff. But we always like to recognize our fans. If we find a pocket of them somewhere, we'll go over and and say hi to them and do some stuff with them. And so we had to run down the side of the field behind our team and to get to that middle section of the horseshoe where our fans were. And, of course, we're running in front of all these Colorado fans. Well, this was back in the day. We don't have the souvenir cups and things that, that right. you see at stadiums mostly now. That was back when they had the old paper wax oh, yeah. kind of cups for their soft drinks and uh-huh. whatever beverage they might be drinking. <laughs> and these fans would finish their drink, and there'd still be ice oh, boy. in that cup. Well, in those paper wax cups you could twist the top of that cup and turn it into a rock oh jeez! basically and they threw those at us as we ran from one section to the other down the stadium and then when we got there the girls did a routine and stuff like that we did a chant and all of a sudden we looked up and all of this stuff was coming wow. down at us wow. from the opposing fans. That's a scary situation. It's terrible. Yeah. It was the worst example of sportsmanship I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. And I swore I'd never go back to another game. Um, and I just couldn't believe that people actually did that. Yeah. And that's that was... Uh, one of my eye openers. <laughs> well, and again, we were just on Friday's show uh, talked to uh, Tim Clare, chair of the University of Nebraska Regents, and, and talking about the alcohol policy because I got a lot of questions 
you know, as as we said on the air last uh, Friday about uh, people who were at the big volleyball game mm-hmm. and uh, there was alcohol there and uh, some beers and great Nebraska craft beers and 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 I thought Tim uh, did a really good job of explaining, hey, this isn't a simple solution, and and hearing these stories, uh, you know, reminds yeah. us why yeah. uh, that we have not had uh, yep. alcohol in Memorial Stadium. Fans have to be responsible for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, any influence, whether it's uh, an outside influence or crowd mentality or something like that, they've got to check that in and leave it outside the stadium because that's not safe and no. it's not good sportsmanship well, by and any it, means. And it's just not a good image. And again, no. I, I, I respect uh, uh, Tim and the and the regents and uh, and the administration's you know dilemma, frankly, of. You know, as a as a state institution, uh, changing the policy in order to have uh, alcohol, and yep. uh, it's it's tough. But again, you know, uh, that's what we expect as consumers uh, when we go to sporting events or any events. We expect to to have those amenities that we're used to. Right, and you also hear recently, it seems that some of these entertainers that are on stage have had things thrown at them. Yes, it's become a thing, and that's not. Yes. Right, yeah. and it, it's just what is in the mentality there that thinks that that's okay to do. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. That's, yeah, <laughs> I'm ah. not surprised that you would have a story, my friend. Hey, there you go, Grill Master Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, uh, we hope the Huskers are safe. We hope uh, that we kick some Buffalo butt uh, come Tuesday. Can I say butt on the air, Johnny? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you, and. Uh, and so, yeah, that'll be a great game. Uh, Eleven o'clock kick uh, on the on the Fox Network, as I understand, on the Fox, Fox Sports Network. So, uh, and we're looking to uh, preview the game uh, come Friday on the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get you ready for the game on Saturday. Well, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks again to Matthew Hansen, editor of the Flatwater Free Press, for dropping in and giving us a little update on their uh, on their second anniversary of their uh of their uh existence here in nebraska we appreciate their uh help every week and uh we appreciate you coming along for the ride and we'll come back with you tomorrow uh, another show and uh in the meantime uh, we hope that uh, you'll have a wonderful evening and whatever you're doing we hope that uh, you enjoy it and do good things here on 1499.3 klin